pray tonight. Father God, we thank you for this service. I thank you, Father, for utterances coming forth by the Spirit. I thank you, Father, for the boldness to preach those utterances. Lord, we say, have your way in this place tonight. Have your way uh, through me, Father. May my words be your words, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, say amen. 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 Let's open our Bibles tonight to Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. Praise the Lord. I had a different message. I had it already last night. Already. And then the Lord this morning turned me in a different direction. Amen. So praise God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. How many of you are reading your Bible every day? Every day you're reading your Bible. Amen. You have to have the word in your heart before your eyes so you think right. So you're thinking, because you know, you're thinking, you can go a day or two or three days without reading your word and your thinking gets off. The word, reading your Bible, will keep your thinking straight. You're renewing your mind when you're putting the word in your heart and then you take it and you do it. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 1 verse 28. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. If you don't have the Amplified, you can listen or you can pull it up in your, on your device. You know, on your device, there's the Amplified Classic has the C. I like that one. So I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Come on. You have an opponent. You have an adversary. And it's not people. Say, it's not people. It's not people. It's the devil. And, and he's saying right here, you don't have to be frightened or intimidated by anything and anything by your opponents or adversaries for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign proof and seal to them of their impending destruction a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from god you don't have to be frightened or intimidated you can be fearless when the devil comes and lies to you, when he tries to bring sickness, when he tries to tell you're not going to get out of debt, when he tells you you don't know what to do, uh, when he brings a bad report from the doctor, you can be fearless. How can you be fearless? How? You're going to take your authority. You have authority over the enemy. You have authority over the adversary. You're going to take your dominion. You're going to take, River Church, what belongs to you. And when you take what belongs to you, you don't have to be afraid. Right. But there's many Christians and, there, and many people, they're afraid, they're intimidated by life, by circumstances, by what the doctor said, by what their boss said, by what their body is telling them, because they're not taking their authority. They're not taking their dominion. Say, not me. I'm taking my authority. Because to um, access all God has provided for you, it's already been provided. You're not trying to get it. It's already yours. Healing's already yours. Prosperity's already yours. It was made yours the minute you asked Jesus into your heart. The minute you opened up your mouth, the Bible says in Romans, confession was made unto salvation. Did I say that right? Confession. Your confession brought the salvation to you. And once you became saved... You became rich, you became a new creature, you became the healed, you became the delivered, you became the set free, you became the blessed, you became new. The past was wiped away. The past wasn't even covered up. 
Because if something's covered up, you can go and uncover it. It was wiped away. The old you was wiped away. Sickness wiped away. Symptoms, disease, their their control over your life wiped away. Once you became new. Right? But you have to know that you're new. You have to know what God has for you. Because we can have, you know, you can go into a store and there's all these things. But if you don't go take them off the shelf, you're not going to take them home with you. See, God wants you to take what he provided for you on the cross. Take it home with you. Take it into your home. Take it into your life. Take the healing into your body. But you can't do it if you don't open up your mouth. Because the way you receive salvation with your confession, you said, Lord Jesus, come into my life. The same way you access your salvation is the same way you're going to walk out your dominion on earth. Your authority. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I I quoted this, but I'm going to quote it again because it just stuck with me. Pastor Nancy said this. If you go days without exercising your dominion, you'll have mental problems. Does that mean you're going to be mentally ill? She's not talking about that. She's saying you're going to have to deal with the mind. You could. You could go down that direction. But if you're not taking your authority, you daily, daily you have to open your mouth. Because guess what? The devil, he doesn't quit. He's always working on your mind. He's always trying to tell you something. And you've got to open up your mouth and say, devil, you're a liar. I rebuke that thought. It has to go in Jesus' name. And then you come back with what does the word say? What does the word say? say? Amen? Praise God. So God gave man, he gave us dominion right from the very beginning. Amen? Let's turn to um, Genesis chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Here's another quote from Pastor Nancy. When we don't exercise our authority, things are hindered. What's hindered? Your finances could be hindered. Your relationship could be hindered. Your health could be hindered. The flow of God coming into your life can be hindered when you don't exercise your authority. No one's going to exercise the authority that you're supposed to operate in for you. You have to do it yourself. And you teach your kids, even when they're little, and they're afraid of the dark. You know what? You say, I'm not afraid, because fear is of the enemy. He's trying to intimidate them to be afraid of the dark, to be afraid of going outside when it's nighttime. There is no fear in this house, because fear is the presence of the enemy. Come on. Fear and faith, they're opposites. They don't, mi- they don't mix. Amen? Genesis 1.26 I'm going to read this again out of the Amplified. When God created Adam, well, this is what I said. When God created Adam, he gave him two things, dominion and he gave him seed. The first verse says, God said, let us make mankind in our image after our likeness. The Amplified says, let them have complete authority. See, when God created man, he had, he gave him complete authority. Over what? Over everything. Over everything. Complete authority. That means if you have complete authority, it doesn't matter what it is. You have authority over it. It doesn't matter if it's big, if it's small, if it's mid mid-size, you know. It doesn't matter what it is. You have complete authority over Amen. it. God gave you dominion. Now, when Adam sinned, he gave up his dominion. Who did he give it to? He gave it to the, de- yeah, the devil. Took, took over. I'll turn this off here. And um, I turn my page here. He sinned. He gave up his dominion. Amen. He touched the tree. God told him not, not to touch. 
Most of what we see today is a result. You see accidents, you see death, you see disease. Those are not of God. You see an earthquake? You see a tornado? People say those are acts of God. They are not acts of God. They were not authored by God. They were authored by the devil. Amen. And so when Jesus came back to the earth, he took our authority. When he went on the cross, he went down to uh, the pit of hell. He took the keys, the Bible says, of the kingdom of heaven. He took the keys back. So now we have authority here on this earth. Amen. Praise God. And um, in Luke, and we're not going to turn there because this is just a preface here. Jesus gave the 12 disciples power and authority. So when Jesus walked on the earth, he started to give man authority. Let's look, look at Luke 10, verse 19. Now here's their 70 others. And in Luke 10, 19, praise the Lord. Because we're going to walk out our authority and walk in all that God has for us. You don't want to go to heaven and the Lord say, you know, you could have had this, but you didn't take your authority. Or why would you let that in your house? All you had to do is kick it out in the name of Jesus and tell it to go. Right. Luke 10, 19. Jesus is talking. He says, behold, I give unto you. He's talking to the 70. Behold, I give unto you power. You have the power. This is for you too. To tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, say nothing, nothing. shall by any means hurt you. So here we see Jesus. He's given the power and authority in Luke 9, 1. In Luke 10, 19, he gives them the power to tread upon serpents. He's given them power over all the enemy. Right? And if we want to know what God looks like, we look at Jesus. That's why we read our Bible. So I can know what is Jesus doing because he's my example. They're not just stories. They're examples of this is so I know what to do. Right? If we want to know the will of God, we look at Jesus. If we want to know how to respond in life, we look at Jesus. Right? He was and is our, and is, is our example. So it's important to know what he did and what he said. Jesus is the will of God in action. Jesus never took sickness and disease. He never said it's for God. What did he do every time he came across someone who was sick? For the most part, he healed them. I think it says he healed them all. I think there was a place of, um, uh, he went into his own town, there was unbelief there, and he could, do, he could not do mighty miracles, but he healed. He went throughout, you read the Gospels, he went throughout, he healed them all. He got rid of what Satan was trying to do. Right? So Jesus is the will of God in action. You never have to ask, is healing for me today? You look at Jesus. He always got rid of that sickness. He always took, took authority over it. Amen? So I want you to think about this. Now, a few weeks ago, I was look, thinking of the word rebuke. I can't remember if the Lord brought it to me or what. But that word rebuke, we're going to look at Jesus. He rebuked things the devil stirred up. He rebuked things the devil stirred up. God wants you to rebuke things that the devil stirs up. Things that are trying to get in your house. Things that are trying to maybe get into your mind. Things that are trying to get into your body. It's up to you to rebuke those things. To take your authority over them. And not allow them entrance. But you're going to have to enforce your authority. Right? Let's look at... um, Let's look at Mark 4. Praise the Lord. 
Jesus always took his authority over things the devil brought his way. Now, he never rebuked something God did. He got, Jesus isn't rebuking anything God did. Jesus is rebuking things the devil stirred up, right? So Luke chapter 4, verse, th- I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4, excuse me. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. Say amen when you get there. Mark 4, 39. He arose, Jesus arose and rebuked the wind. Here we see Jesus talking to the wind. Have you ever talked to the wind? I guess you can now. You can. Jesus rebuked the wind and then he said to the sea. Then he spoke something to the water. Have you ever talked to the ocean? Do you know you can? You have that authority. What Jesus did, you can do. He talked to the sea. He said, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In other words, those things obeyed him when he spoke. Then he said to the disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? Even the wind and sea obey him. So when circumstances come, this could be a literal storm. I remember a story of uh, Gloria Copeland. She was in a convention and she tells the story of how, I think it was a tornado or a huge wind came up and it um, started coming in the back of their uh, convention center and she rebuked it. She spoke to it. So even when there's a storm, you have authority over storms. But you also have authority over storms the enemy will try and bring to you. He's got to try and stir things up in your marriage, stir things up in your home, stir things up in your finances. You've got to talk back and take your authority and rebuke it and say, you can't come into this house. You have no authority in my life. So even if it's a literal storm or a uh, storm in your life that the enemy's trying to brew up, You have authority over that. Amen? Now let's look at Luke um, 4. Now we're in Luke. Here we go. Luke 4, verse 38. So here we see Jesus. He spoke to a storm. Luke 4, 38. Say amen when you get there. Luke 4, 38. He arose from the synagogue, entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. Say high high fever. So she must not have been feeling very good. I think of high fever, I think like 102, 103, right? And they made a request of him concerning her. So he, Jesus, stood over her, and what did he do? He rebuked the fever. And guess what? It left her. It left her so fast, it says, immediately she arose and started to serve them. So here we see Jesus, he rebuked a storm. And now he's talking to sickness. Did you know you can rebuke sickness when it tries to come into your life? When sickness tries to get on your kids, you can rebuke that. You say, I rebuke that fever. You go in Jesus' name. When symptoms try and get on your body, it could be a little headache. I rebuke that headache. You could, you could talk to your own body. Headache, you go in Jesus' name. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I refuse to have headaches. But if you don't say anything... They're going to stay there. If you don't talk to the storm in your life, it's going to stay there. And then you're going to wonder, I don't, I don't know why God's not doing anything. No, God's waiting on you to enforce the authority that he has given you in your life. Praise the Lord. So you can speak to sickness, symptoms, and they will obey you. Amen. Now let's look at Mark chapter 9. We're just going through the scriptures. Amen. Say amen when you get there. 
Mark chapter 9, verse 25. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. Say unclean spirit. spirit. Saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him, enter him no more. The spirit cried out. If you keep on reading, that spirit came out. So here we see Jesus. He's speaking to unclean spirits. He's speaking to devils. And guess what? They obeyed him. So you even have authority over devils. Praise the Lord. Say, I have authority authority. over devils. devils. Come on. So I want to ask you tonight, what are you speaking to? What are you allowing to have its way in your life? Because you're not opening up your mouth and you're not rebuking it. Poverty and lack is from the devil. Barely getting by, you know, I'm just going from paycheck to paycheck. You need to stop saying that. It's time to rebuke the devil. Take your authority. Say, devil, you take your hands off my finances. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because if you don't open your mouth, you will live with that. Whatever you don't open your mouth and take your authority over, it will have its way in your life. But you can have heaven on earth. Well, I'm not waiting for heaven. I'm not waiting to go to heaven to live heaven on earth. I'm not waiting for heaven. Why would I wait for heaven when God says, take your authority and you can have it now? My faith is now. Amen. You know, if one of my kids was ever disrespectful, I was there. I'm like, hey, you don't talk like that. Right? I took my authority. I enforced it so that we would have peace in our home. Right? I'm the enforcer in my home. Guess what? You're the enforcer in your home. So when the enemy tries to come into your house, you go, hey, you can't do that in my house. Right. This is the house of God. I'm a child of God. I'm taking my authority and I'm enforcing it in my home. I thank you for health. It flows in my home, Lord. I thank you for prosperity. It flows in this home for I'm a tither and a giver. Lord, I thank you for the peace of God and the love of God in this home. It flows because I walk in love. Right? You have to enforce it, but you have to enforce it with your words. Right? So what are you enforcing in your, house, in your home? Or are you just letting things slip in and you're just living with it? Maybe there's some things that have slipped in you didn't even realize it. And you've been living with it. Check your thought life. Is doubt and unbelief running rampant in your thought life? Right? Are you moved by senses? The sense knowledge. We talked about this. We're talking about prayer. You know, you pray for something. You say, I thank you, Father, for that job. I have that job. And then it, a month goes by. Two months go by. Haven't heard anything. And then you start, you're getting moved by senses. I didn't hear anything. No one mailed me a letter. I guess I didn't get the job, right? Or are you holding fast to your confession of faith? Because if you get into that sense realm, now you're out of faith. Because now you're looking at everything. He didn't get bad. Lord, I've been praying for my husband. He's still a turkey. Lord, I've been praying for my boss, and he still is mean to me. You know, Lord, I've been praying for, you know, and you're, you're moved by senses. You're moved by what you see, by what you feel, by things that haven't changed yet. And if you speak those out, they're going to continue. Pastor Marcus and I were reading an article, and I love it. It said, those who complain will remain. So if you're complaining about your boss, complaining about your finances, complaining about your business, think about it. That's where you're going to stay. Because that's what happened to the Israelites. They complained about the wilderness and they stayed there. And I don't want to stay in the wilderness when God has a promised land. And I'm taking it. I'm going into that promised land. Hallelujah. 
Amen. So when thoughts come, you have to rebuke those thoughts because the devil uses, he uses uh, the power of suggestion. Right. He's always trying. He, he can bring you a vision. He can bring you a dream. I, you know, I told the story of the minister who was sick and all of a sudden a bright light showed up in his room and the bright light said, it is not my will for you to live. Well, because it was a bright light, he thought it was the Lord. He thought it was the Lord and he succumbed to that. See, just the Bible says the angel, the, the uh, Satan can come as an angel of light. But see, it didn't line up with the word because God's word says, I promised to give you a long life. A long life. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So when you're hearing things, it could be from a friend. You could have it in a dream. You can have an angel of light show up. If it doesn't, um, if it doesn't cooperate, it's not in agreement with the word, you rebuke that. Amen. You, you, but you got to use your mouth. Say, that's not my thought. That's not the Lord. That's a lie. God says he satisfies me with the long life is what the minister should have done. Right? So just because you may have something sensational or supernatural happen. I saw a feather, Pastor. There were feathers on the ground. There are angel feathers. Oh, oh I, saw, I saw an owl. It's a full moon. It's a full moon. Oh, there's a black cat. Went under the ladder. You know, oh, it's Friday the 13th. You know, you better watch it because that's how the world lives. They're always looking for signs. I'm not looking for a sign. I got this right here. This is how I live my life, and it doesn't talk about Friday the 13th or a black cat walking under a ladder or a full moon or owls that, you know, a hawk that flew by or the feathers that fell off. You know, it, that's fruity. And we laugh about it, but you'd be surprised how many Christians, Christians are moved by those things. I'm only moved by what does the word say? What does the word say? If it doesn't line up with the word, word doesn't talk about no, no, you know, full moon, the owl that flies in front of the full moon or whatever. I don't know what they all are. You know, there's no sign. I'm not looking for a sign. I'm looking to what does the word say? Amen. If you start looking for signs, you're going to get in trouble because I'll tell you one thing. The devil will bring you a sign. He'll bring you a sign. He'll bring you. If you're looking for devils, he'll come and he'll show up. So just keep your eyes on the word. Amen. What does the word say? And start taking your authority. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I remember growing up, I don't know who it was. You probably know, Mom, but there was this person, man. They saw a devil like all the time in their backyard. There was always a devil. I'm like, my gosh, there's always, I'm like, and they were Christians, went to church. They always saw a devil back in the bushes. You know, it was always in the bushes. Remember, it was always in the bushes. And I'm like, and I was young and I'm like, man, What's with these Christians? I've seen a devil. I've been a Christian my whole, you know, 14 years or whatever. I never saw a devil. You know what I mean? But see, when you look for things, the devil will show up. He'll manifest. So I'm not looking for no devil. I already know where he is. Do I know where he is? He's under my feet, baby. That's where he is. I'm not looking for him anywhere else. He's under my feet. And if he even tries to come in my house, you better get yourself on out right now. Let me just open up the door. You know, I've done this before. I have actually gone over and opened up my door. And I said, get on out, devil, and I kick him out. Don't you ever come back here again. You know, because he, he tries to get in. And sometimes we can let him in through our flesh. Sometimes we can let him in through our flesh. Because we start giving in to things we shouldn't be giving into. We open the door. Maybe we watch something. See, I'm really careful what I watch. We're not watching no horror movies in my house. That's all fear. Then you wonder why your kids can't go to sleep at night. They're hiding behind the couch because you just watched... Freaky Friday, or I don't, I don't even know 
the I don't even know the movies, the psycho ones. I guess that's not one, but you know what I'm talking about. So you got to be careful to keep the enemy out. You know, here you are, you got to take your authority, but then you're like lighting candles to a saint or you're playing with witchcraft, a Ouija board. We don't play with Ouija boards. We don't read, as Pastor Marcus calls them, horrible scopes. I'm not looking, how's my day going to be? I know how my day's going to be. I'm going to tell myself how my day's going to be. It's going to be a great day. It's the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And if people start getting weird and funky, I remove myself real fast because I'm not listening to witchcraft. Witchcraft, mm-mm, that stuff, those, those spirits are real, right? So make sure you're keeping the door closed to the enemy. Because if you're taking your authority, but there's a door open, and you're wondering, I don't know why the devil keeps coming in. Are you in strife all the time? Are you always bickering with your spouse? Are you always bickering? Are you always bickering? Then you've opened the door to the devil. I love what Keith Moore says. Strife is the presence of the devil himself. Just like you can feel the love of God, you can feel strife, arguing. You can feel it in your house. You feel it in your body. Close the door. Amen. Just want to know the easiest way? Just go get your duct tape. Go get your duct tape, ladies. That's right. <laughs> Take a piece of duct tape and just put it right over your mouth. And, hey, the Bible says, you know, a man would rather be on the, what, rooftop than with a contentious woman. Yeah. So when your husband's up on the roof, what you doing up there, honey? Because you won't stop talking. <laughs> Pastor Marcus said I talk too much. He said, you talk too much. I'm sorry. Especially okay. Especially in the morning, yes. I'm the morning person. He's not. He has a good attitude, though. Because I'm like, people, they say, oh, I'm not a morning person. Then they're mean and rude. I'm like, I'm not down with that. However, I do talk a lot in the morning, and he's very quiet. So I have to be careful because he's like, I just woke up, right? Okay, let's turn to John 14, 14. So we have to open our mouth and use the authority God has given us, right? Close the door to the devil and then rebuke what's trying to get into your life or into your thought life. Yeah. Devil tell you, oh, I stole from you. I'm going to steal from you again. You're not going to steal from me. I let you come steal one time. You're done. Now I know how you operate. Come on, Mom. Now I know how you work. How That's dare right. you try to come touch my family, touch my body, touch my kids. Yeah. You done touched the wrong family. You better be spicy. You done touched the wrong family. How dare you? We're children of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. Man, I get, whoa, he tries to touch my family. He tries to touch any of you. I'm like, that's my kid. You better take your hands off them. See, that's how you have to be, though. You have to be that way for yourself. You have to be that way for your own family. You've got to get stirred up. Can't be on you guys. Take my authority in Jesus' name. Yeah. Hope it hope it works. Pastor said it works. Hope it works. Well, you're never gonna get anything because there's no faith in that, right? John 14, 14 says this. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That word ask implies a demand. A demand of something that is due. So we could say this, if you demand something due in my name, I will do it. This isn't talking about prayer here. This is talking about taking your authority. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's taking your authority. That's good. 
The apostles knew they had power in the name of Jesus. Now, you know, when we pray, we always pray in the name of Jesus. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Or when we end a prayer, we'll say, in the name of in Jesus' name, amen. We always pray in the name of Jesus. Well, when you take your authority, you take your authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, when pastor, you know, he just married. <laughs> Hallelujah. They got married. <laughs> so excited, right? So when pastor marries somebody, right, he, what, what do they usually say? By the power vested in me in the state of California and under the almighty God, I now pronounce you man and wife, right? So, um, so he, he's able to, with that authority, completely alter the lives of two single people by the authority of the state of California and, of course, God. But by the state of California, those two lives now become one. Those two single lives now become one. Now they're married, right? But he couldn't say, hey, Sarah, I want you to come over and marry Deanna and Gonzalo. Sarah doesn't have that authority. She doesn't have the authority to marry somebody, right? So that person officiating the marriage, they have to have the power and the authority to do so by the state of California. Let me tell you, church, it's the same way for you. You're a born-again child of God. You have authority to change the things in your life you have the right to use the name of jesus amen so there's power in that name now let's look at philippians chapter 2 praise god so he was given that authority by the state of california when you became born again you were given that authority because now you're a christian so now you can take that authority and you can use it to change your life you take the word and you change your life. You change your thoughts. Yeah. You, but I don't feel like it. Change your feelings. Yeah. You can change your personality. Yeah. Maybe you're a big meanie. And the Lord says you need to be nice and kind. You can change your, you can change your personality with the power that God has given you. He's empowered you now. Yeah. Praise God. So Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Amen. Who's the name above every name? Jesus. The name of a person and the person are one. When I say Alexa, I see Alexa. Right? So God exalted Jesus, the person, and then gave him a name above every other name. So the name and the person are one. If someone thinks of your name, they think of you. Right? If someone says your name, they think of you. Right? They are one. So Jesus' name and his person are one. Jesus is no longer walking the earth. He's inside of you. The Spirit of God is in you. But now, because he's not, you can't see him physically, he's given you something in his stead. He's given you his name. He's given you the authority in his name. Verse 10, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, some translations say um, those things or beings in heaven, things or beings on earth, things or beings under the earth. In other words, angels and demons must surrender to that name because his name is superior. Everything on earth has a name. Disease has a name. Cancer is a name. Poverty is a name. Depression is a name. Allergies are a name. Discord is a name. 
Pain is a name. Well, I have pain. Take your authority over it in the name of Jesus. It has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. You've been given the authority in the name of Jesus to tell it to go. Don't, don't, don't settle, well, you know, I have headaches all the time. That's just, okay, well, if you want them. Or you could just take dominion over them in the name of Jesus and tell it to go. Right? So these names, every name has to surrender, has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus, right? Okay, let's look at Acts chapter 3. We're just about ready to close. Acts chapter 3. I'm going to open up my Bible here. So we have authority. God's given us the authority. He gave us the dominion. And now we take our dominion. We saw Jesus. He rebuked things. He talked to the storm. He talked to sickness. He talked to devils. He rebuked them, told them to go. He took his authority. Then we saw Jesus give his authority to us, right? He gave it to the disciples. He gave it to the 70. And when he left the earth, he gave it to us as well when he was ascending up into heaven. And now we see the apostles using their authority. Acts chapter 3, verse, uh, let's start in verse 1 or verse 2. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried Listen, this man was lame from his mother's womb. In other words, he was born a crippled. He was born a cripple. And they laid him daily at the gate, which is called beautiful, so he could ask for alms. In other words, he was a beggar. And he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple to ask in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. He was expecting to receive some money. He was a beggar. That's what he did. He was always at the gate asking for money. But I love what Peter said. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give unto you. Now listen, now Peter's going to use his authority. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Here we see Peter using his authority. And what name does he use? The name of Jesus. He uses the name of Jesus. Peter did not demand anything of God when he commanded the lame man to rise up and walk because God never made that man crippled. But he made a demand on the man and, you know, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Peter used his authority in the name of Jesus to set that man free, free from the bondage of Satan. See, you've got the name of Jesus. You can use it to set people free. You can use it to set your own self free from the bondage of Satan. You know, the Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood. You know, we always think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's that person, it's this person. And, you know, it's not the person you are in a, uh, the fight of faith with. It's the devil. So take your authority over the enemy. And that's what Peter did here, right? But was it just, well, he used the name. You know, the name is like magic. You use the name of Jesus and everything changes. No. Now let's read the rest. Verse 7. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Leaping up, he stood, walked, entered with them in the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Right? Now if you look at verse 16, we see how the man was healed. Verse 16, because they were all wondering, how is this man walking? And Jesus said, his name... Through faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Yes. See, they knew that this man was born a crippled. Why is he walking all of a sudden? It's been years. And he said, 
faith in his name, his name, Jesus, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. If you'll put your faith, you've got to attach your faith to the name of Jesus. You've got to attach your faith to the name of Jesus. We're not just using the name of Jesus, 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 like it's a magic wand. You've got to know about the name of Jesus. You've got to study about the name of Jesus. Go through Acts. Read how they use the name of Jesus and things changed. That was their authority. That was their power. It was in the name. In the name of Jesus, things changed. In the name of Jesus, this man who was born a cripple. It doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter if you were born poor, sick, with symptoms. You use the name of Jesus. That all turns around. Everything is subject to change. Everything is subject to change. But we have to attach our faith to the power in the name of Jesus. His name represents him. His name is his authority that he's given to us. I'm going to say that again. His name is the authority he's given to us. You know, if someone were to come in right now through that door and say, Hi, I'm here. I represent President Joe Biden. We'd be like, oh, oh, you know, Joe Biden's not here, but I represent him. Right? right? right. We would be, we'd be like, okay, th- we would treat him as if he was the president. Or I'm here, I represent the queen. We'd be like, okay. You know, it's like you would treat that person. Why? They're representing the Queen of England. They're coming in his stead. They're using that name. That name, the name of the president, there's power behind that name. The name of the Queen of England, there's power. There's authority behind that name. There's things that they can get done because of their name. You just have to mention their name. I'm sure if they were legitimate... They mentioned that name. I'm sure they could get into places that other people could never get into. Why? Because of their name. Because their name and that person, they're one. So you have been given a name that's even higher than the presidents. Higher than the highest officials on the earth, on the land. You've been given the name of Jesus. The name above every name. Amen. And when you attach your faith to the power that's in that name, then you'll start to see results. Amen. Amen. So we have faith in the name of Jesus, and then the name will produce results for you. Praise God. When your faith, I love this, Kenneth Hagin said this, when your faith in the name of Jesus increases, then the results will increase. When your faith in the name of Jesus increases, then the results will increase. Amen. Praise God. So you have been given a name that is above every name. And just, we saw Jesus, the example, right? of how he talked to things. When he left, the disciples came in. They still had their authority, but they did it in the name of Jesus because now Jesus was no longer on the earth. But they needed his power. They needed his authority. Now you've been given that name. So it's up to us to enforce our authority, enforce our dominion, and we do it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So don't let... Things walk all over you. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to straighten out your life. Stay in your word, but take your authority as well. You, You know, you can read the Bible all you want, but if you're just letting it sit there in your heart and you're not releasing your faith, it's not going to do anything for you. 
You've got to release your words. Why? Because that's how your faith is activated. And we have faith in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that crippled man, he was healed through the name, through faith in the name. Faith in the name of Jesus. That's where our authority is. That's where our power is. Amen. It's, it's up to us to enforce our dominion. Praise God on earth, in our families, in our marriages. Now, I do want to say this. You know, you, you can take authority over lying spirits, um, spirits that are influencing another person, um, but you don't necessarily, unless they're your children in your home, you don't necessarily have the authority over another person. Right? I can't say, you know, now I can pray. Let's say I have coworkers. I can pray for them. Lord, I call them into the kingdom of God. And devil, you, you loose their mind. I speak uh, the, the devil to take his hands off their mind because the Bible says that the unsaved, their minds are blinded. That's why they, that you can't get them to church. You're trying to get them to church. God will bring them in. But you, I mean, you keep asking. Faith comes by hearing. So you keep asking. You keep asking. Eventually they'll come. Don't give up. Eventually they'll come, they'll get under the anointing, and then they'll be, you know, saved, and they'll be free. But you take authority over your life, things that are trying to move into your life. If you're married and there's something there, um, you can take authority over that. You can use the power of God on that situation. Um, You can pray for the power of God to move in their life, but they have to pick up on that power. Because every person has their own free will. Now, if you have kids in your home, men, women, they're under your authority still. See, authority's big. They're under your authority. When sickness comes, symptoms, you can take authority over those things. Yeah. Pastor Marcus and I, he'll say, come and pray for me. I take authority over it because we're one flesh, mm-hmm. right? Or if I'm fighting symptoms, I'll say, come in agreement with me. You can take authority over those things, right? So you do, you do have the, the power through God, to change your life. Come on, walk out the fullness of your life. Amen. And if someone's not living right, they're not living for God yet. You know, I, Pastor Marcus and I, when we got saved, you know, there were family members. They weren't living for the Lord. They didn't want to have to do anything with our God. But you know what? We didn't give up on them. We just continued to pray. Because you can use that same authority in the name of Jesus, and Father, I thank you for laborers to go forth, that they will preach the word of salvation, the word of deliverance to them. We call them into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Their hearts are receptive, Lord, to receive from you, you know. And God, he'll send people, they won't be able to escape. It could be a stranger, it could be someone who's not even born again, who will say, you know, I believe in God. You know, God's real. You, you have people who aren't even born again. They could, I heard one story of this man, he would pray for his daughter. She said, I'd be in the mall. People would come up to me and tell me about Jesus. You know, that's why we pray for laborers. And then we are the laborers. We are the laborers. Don't just be praying for laborers. You know, be a laborer for somebody else. You know, that person, someone's child or someone's mother, someone's brother, someone's son. So you can pray for, you can be that laborer too, amen. But I want us to know that we have the authority, we've been given it by God, and it's up to us to use it, amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. God's so good. Say, he's so good. Say, I'm taking my authority. I'm not going to let the devil, circumstances, symptoms, rule my life. They can't rule my life. Because I take my authority over them. 
In the name of Jesus. Now doubt and unbelief. You go in Jesus' name. And don't you come back. You rebuke doubt and unbelief when it tries to go. Ain't never going to happen. Yes, it is going to happen. You better open up your mouth and answer it. Open up your mouth the minute that thought comes. You open up your mouth. Say, no, that's not my thought. And you answer it specifically. It will come. I have it now by faith. I don't care, devil. What Devil, you're such a liar. Um, the other day I just started laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Devil, you're a liar. Ha, ha, I'm sitting at my house just laughing. Oh, you tried is that true, devil? Huh, that is a, that's a lie. You're such a liar. And I just started sitting there laughing. There you go. Ain't nobody around. Pastor Mark was sitting on the couch. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I'm sorry. We were upstairs. I was on my chair. And I'm just praying. I was laughing. Ha, 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 devil. You're a liar. And I just laugh at him. He has nothing. He is nothing. He's all bark and no bite. That's all he is. The Bible says he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. If you allow him to devour you, he will. But if you use your authority in the name, and I don't care if you just got saved like right now, you have all of a sudden, you have that authority. You take your authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for that authority that we have, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The name that's above all names, sickness, disease, must bow. Yes, even those diagnoses that you've been given a diagnosis by the doctor must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And you get out of our bodies. You get out of our homes in Jesus' name. We take our authority over you, devil. You're a liar. And we don't receive any of those lies. We walk our life out taking all that God has for us. Taking our, say, I take my peace. I take my healing. I take my deliverance. It's mine right now. I take my prosperity. It's mine right now. Let's speak to our bodies. Body, you line up. Head, you be healed. Arms, you be healed. I speak to you, body. Line up with the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Stomach, you be healed. You be whole. Legs and knees, you work properly. Joints, you be healed. Moistened. Free from pain, in Jesus' name. Feet, you be healed. Toes, you be healed. Fingers, you be healed. I thank God my eyes are strong. Come on, my, my organs are functioning properly and perfectly, in Jesus' name. You've got to speak to your body. Speak to everything in your body. Command it to line up with the Word of God, in Jesus' name. Because we don't have time for headaches. We don't have time for sickness and disease. We've got a a mission to accomplish on this earth, and we're not letting anything slow us down. And God doesn't want anything to slow you down as a parent. Come on. He wants you to be able to run your race and run it with joy. Come on, because there's a plan of God for your family too. Amen? Praise God. Well, we love you all.